0: everyone thanks for listening again to another edition of Basics of Knowledge and as always we have Tane here with me leading leading uh, this podcast. Tane how are you going?
1: Yeah good stressed a bit with exams but overall good. <laughs> okay, yeah.
0: Exam stress yeah we gotta, gotta own that right? it's part of life mm. um, and as always Tane we're gonna start the podcast but you're telling me telling our listeners actually not me telling <laughs> telling us what you have what knowledge you've put into your basket this week.
1: I think what I've learned this week is that you need breaks during exam period. Like we all know about it and we hear how good it is for us, but you actually have to do it. You know, like a lot of students put a lot of stress on studying because now's the crunch time. And this is where a majority of your grade comes from, but you actually take more in by having regular breaks and, you know, taking things in more successfully that way than not actually having breaks. And, for my first exam, I found I studied too much too early. And so, you know, two or three days leading into that exam, I was just kind of over it. We're now leading into my next exams. So I've prepared well. So I've found that balance between being prepared, by the exam and that's something you find you know as you go through but it's been really good just to find that balance between when i should be studying and when i can just you know sit back have a bit of a break and let everything sink in
0: that's that's an awesome learning and it's pretty crazy because that's part of life really i mean you never it's its everything you do when you go to work as well you have to think about the balance of when you stop working and take a break um do you take your lunch break do you not take your lunch break Do you take your lunch do you know take a morning break or carry on with work it's pretty crazy and and i guess our Guests today will also talk about that when she, when she when we bring her on. My biggest learning this week was um, you can have a plan, but your plans are going to change, and you don't you have no idea what is going to change that plan. And uh, the context I'm going to give is I'm crushed at the moment, and everything is hunky dory, da, da 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 and then boom, cover arrives, and then you've got to rethink about all those. All your strategies about you know what have you got to do? Do so you still go to schools? Where do you go? Where do you go if you're locked down? Do you, are you a carrier? You know all these crazy things. So you know it's important to have a plan, but it's also important to be pretty pretty malleable because plans can change um, when you least expect it. But hey, that's us. Today, we have another awesome guest, and as always, our guests are really awesome. I have been really privileged to know this guest for a very, very long time, and it's actually an honor to have her on today. Yeah, because she's finishing up her, her studies, which is pretty cool. And welcome to our podcast, Jenna.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: No worries. So, Jenna, um, to start off our podcast, do you want to tell our listeners a little, a little bit about yourself? You know, what are you doing? Um, where are you at your stage in your life at the moment?
2: Yeah, of course. I'm uh, currently based in Dunedin still. <laughs> I've been here for, I think this is my eighth year running. Um, I'm originally from Wellington and um, born and raised in Wellington, moved to Dunedin in 2014, which seems a long time ago now. But um, I came here for what I enjoyed, which was physical physical education and um, textile sciences. So they were my two degrees straight away. But um, so I did that, did Four and a half years, a double degree in four and a half years. And then fast forward to now, I'm now in my master of teaching and learning at the uni in Dawson Primary Education, which is, I'm very grateful for because I feel like I found my thing and it took me a while to get here, but it shows you that um, good things come to those who wait and it's not always a fast acting thing. You're not always going to know what you want to do in life. And I'm a, definitely an example of that. I always wanted to know what I wanted to do. But um, here I am now, eight years later, and I have found that thing, which is um, very grateful for. But yes, yeah, so I'm studying that full time and then also working part time in um, the Pacific Health section for um, Pacific students who are in their health sciences programs.
0: Awesome, awesome, a lot, very, very cool, Jenna, very, very cool, and lots of things we can we can pick up on there. And the first thing I want to pick on pick up on is you said you've been here for eight years. This is that's pretty cool, right? Yeah. But I'm going to talk about let's think about when I met you nine years ago. Nine years ago. <laughs> okay. and, and if I said to you nine years ago, hey Jenna, you're going to be at university for eight eight years, what would you say to me?
2: <laughs> I would say you're crazy. Well, technically, yeah. I haven't been there for eight years. I've been in Dunedin for eight years. I've exactly. been in uni four and a half plus one, so five and a half years. But still, even if you said that to me, I'd probably be like, no, that's that's not going to happen. But, yeah, things, things happen for a reason. They definitely happen yeah. for a reason. And I did my undergrad and then went exploring, like, job-wise. I wanted to see what's out there. I went through the uni to start with and just a customer service role and went to ACC for a bit for my... Um, exercise and health sort of stuff um, and then figured out I loved kids so much not only in a sports coaching sense but in a um, life and education sense so that's where the page turned for me and the realization came about that I can make a career out of um, working with and helping children in the education so yeah eight years I wouldn't have I wouldn't have believed you to say that I'd be down here for eight years but it's come full circle and I'm going to go back there back to Wellington. Yeah. Um, pretty cool where it all
0: started. And, you know, like we said at the start, you know, all bla- best laid plans. Yeah. Yeah, things just happen, and oh, and you know, um, it's pretty awesome because you know, um, a lot of people think that they should know what they should be doing with their life straight away. Like that's that's what, mm-hmm. not just young people, but also an adult, or young adult when they're in their mid-thirties, go, oh, I should know what I'm doing by now. I'm a failure because I haven't doing, I'm not doing what I should be doing. But it does take time, and you know, mm-hmm. I think what you've done is you've done some pretty cool things. You have. Studied, you've done some work, and you've come back. So tell us, when when do you think um, that switch happened for you? When you decided that hey teaching was your jam? Was primary school teaching, you know, because that's a pretty yeah. that's a pretty unique skill set as well.
2: Yeah, it was a it was a big like you say like I was one who wanted my thing, like I wanted that thing, and I I didn't get that straight away, and it was after I graduated I was like okay what am I doing like I've got these two degrees what is it that I want to do with them and I had I was in that sort of um, like we call it in education a learning pit and I was at the bottom of the pit trying to get out just trying to figure out what it is I really want to do and I so relate to all those people that are like I don't know I've done a Bachelor of Arts I've done a Bachelor of Commerce and I don't know what I want to do and that was me for two years straight and I was just doing customer service roles trialing things and then I always kept football coaching on the side always up until about 2019 and that was when I hit my full-time work at ACC and the uni those two years I did full-time work and I in that time I realized that I had to stop coaching because I was so busy with that work and I think that's when I realised in those two years that something was missing and I was I'd lost that enjoyment factor the factor that really made me feel whole and complete and that's what that was missing it took it to go away for it to know that I wanted it um, but then I went into some classrooms around Dunedin and, and um, just went and observed just a double check like I didn't want to throw myself back into education and study again without being fully um, yeah. Wholeheartedly in it. So I went into a few schools across Dunedin and just went to see them. And the first day I went into um, George Street, actually, I went into just observe a classroom. And I um, said to Matt, my partner, as I left that day and I went back home, I said, I found it. Like I walked in and never felt such a sense of belonging. Like the kids' artwork on the wall, them just talking and chatting, and the teachers helping them with spelling and reading and like all of that just a really, solidified that that was what I wanted to do and it was it took a while and I definitely feel for people who are stuck and trying to figure it out but I would just yeah I just say to take a step back from it and don't put too much pressure on it and things things will start to fall in place when they are meant to
0: yeah I guess that's important you know like you just use the word stuck but you were stuck but you still kept on doing things yeah. and I guess by doing things you find out what you like and what you don't like you know mm-hmm. I think a lot of a lot of us as humans we get stuck and we just keep doing the same thing Mm. You know, we're too afraid to try something different because what if it's not the right thing? But what if it is the right thing? You know, you, you have no idea. So that's pretty pretty awesome that you actually did that because you, you went you went you went from exercise, in sports, science, <laughs> with good yeah. clothing, textiles,
2: yeah.
0: To working at Ask Otago or in the university, yeah. to working at ACC and now this is this is totally random. And yeah. you only found it because you knew, like you said before, it was taken away. And yeah. sometimes you don't know what you don't know, right? yeah yeah but like the the saying you know first little problems right you know you don't you you think you miss something until something actually different happens and you go, yeah yeah
2: Yeah. it's like the whole thing like you don't know what you've got till it's gone and that was definitely a real life example of like I didn't know that I loved coaching children but really underneath it all it was being with the children and seeing them grow in sport but now in an education sense I can see them grow in every single aspect of the education which is I think is why i'm so i feel such a fulfillment because i know i can help them like when i'm working with my year ones in placement you're teaching them how to write and that's such a yeah. life skill for them um, yeah it's, it's it's definitely a rewarding um, profession which i'm very excited to step foot into next year although it's gonna be hard but it'll be gonna be good the first year
0: awesome. and i guess you know it, it's, it's awesome that you just break it right down that you're actually making impact mm. you know a lot a lot of people go. I want to change the world. I want to be a doctor. I want to do this. I want to do that. But hey, just by being a teacher, you Neither actually a lot of lives. You know, just mm-hmm. walking to classroom. You walk, just by going to a classroom, you, you're changing the classroom with thirty people right there. Mm-hmm. And I think I think it's important for listeners to realize that when people say I want to help people, it, it is actually broad spectrum. You don't have to be a healthcare provider. And I think you know that. You know, I mean, you you've worked in the health space as well and we'll talk mm-hmm. about it, bit, but you can see that it doesn't have to be in that health space. It can be anywhere.
2: Yeah, well, I always knew like one thing I'd, I'm a pros cons sort of girl or like a to do list sort of girl. So I always, when I was sort of figuring out the thing and I was stuck in that sort of zone of like, I'm still going, I'm trialing jobs out, but I would write a list of things I liked in a job and things I didn't like in a job. And the biggest thing I always had was helping people. And I was, I struggled with that because it's so broad, like you say, like yeah. it's such a broad concept. Like I was helping people at Ask a by, giving them custom service advice I was helping people at ACC but it's really fine-tuning that help factor in what manner the thing you've got to find like yes you like helping people but you need to find that thing that ticks your boxes that will make you enjoy helping people and I think some people that is being a doctor and being in the medical sense they love anatomy Um, but you've got to find your passion underneath the helping people to really find that thing that's going to stick with you Which is hard. It's so it's so much easier
0: to say than done. Yeah, Tana, let's bring you in here. So, um, I know that you like to help people and I guess, you know, you're in the same journey as well, trying to figure out how what that actually looks like. And how how has that been for you? Because this has been a year for you with lots of lots of crazy opportunities. And what is what has that taught you about yourself And, and like Jenna said, helping people?
1: I think it's taught me that help can be small. You know, we always think about the life changing moments that we have and the impact we have on people, but it's okay to not have things happen all the time you know like we want to make this change but change takes time and so it's that contradiction between you know you want to make change but you have to see it come to fruition and that's through patience and changing your teaching style and stuff like that you know for some of my students it goes beyond what your job title actually says you know tutoring my students you know the academic success is great But really what I want them to take away is those underlying skills that they need going through the rest of their degree. And I want them to have that sense of security within the university in terms of, you know, having people that they can come to and have support, not just academically, but in terms of everything that's going on within their lives. And I think that's the hard part you have to find. You know, you've got to find that balance between not giving too much to your students because you've also got your own got your own life that you have to lead, but also finding that balance to give them something that, you know, other people don't provide.
0: Yeah, and, and another key thing you raised the time was balance. You know, you've raised it twice today. Balance is important because you always want to help people, want to help, 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 but sometimes you are doing more damage by over-helping people. And I think that's the fine line to go actually... When do you actually step back? And I guess when you get into your teaching role, this is pretty important for you. You've got to let the young people fail sometimes for them to grow. Otherwise, um, and I guess that's a learning wall of, of us. You've got to fail sometimes to grow. Otherwise, you end up doing the same thing over and over again. Jenna, I want to ask you, I want to take you back to um, to school. Um, the reason I want you to do this is because um, lots and lots and lots and lots of young people, you know, young people are amazing and they're all very active and they play sports and they do all these pretty cool things. And then they, they want to go to university to do PE or you become a physio. And I want you to think about that there. Was that was that your driver for doing what you did? Was it the fact that you love sports? This is why you wanted to do a PE focus program?
2: Yeah, well, I it was a mix of like a whole bunch of things because I, I loved PE and that was very distinct in my education, like from high school, always yep. did PE, always did sport after school, all of that. And I think I was one of those kids that, was jealous of all the other kids that knew that they wanted to go be a nurse or knew that they wanted to be a dentist. And so at that time, my only motivator and um, what's the word like thing I knew I liked in life was exercise. And so I just went with that and I went with, I didn't want to take a year off. I didn't want to go into work straight away. I knew I wanted to continue my education. And so I just went with what I enjoyed doing at the time. And I don't regret that either because now, it's been an underlying factor to where I am today. Like it's been my coaching, it's been um, an aspect of the curriculum I can teach my kids with, with such a high level of knowledge. So yeah, I, I am one of those people who just went and chose something they enjoyed doing, which was some people, parents are hard when that comes about, especially, and I, I get that with the parental um, influence and things like that, when you don't have that end thing. Um, and I'm, I was big on that because I struggled to persuade, not persuade, but discuss that with my family that there was no end solution at that time when I entered the program. And so that was a hard thing to come across. But after like discussion with family and the showing them that these are like the options that you could do at the end of it, that was enough. And for me, that was just my passion at the time, which is why I chose PE straight away
0: know some really, really, really wise things there because you know, um, a lot of it's a cliche out there that people say, "Do what you enjoy," and and it's something I always tell people, "Do what you enjoy." And we're like, no, no, there's no job at the end, but yeah. it's not about the end, right? It's about what what you learn along the way. Yeah. You know, a lot of our podcast speakers have said, you know, they've they've changed their mind a million times along the way, and that's happened to you as well. You haven't changed your mind, but you've just found your direction. Mm-hmm. And I guess there's also there's also stigma out there about you have to know what you want to do when you're a seventeen year old or an eighteen year old. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty crazy, you know, in the in the space that I work and I see that all the time. And I, I try and tell young people that you don't, it doesn't matter, you know, just go to university. When I'm in university, go and do a trade, go and do something that you really enjoy and then it'll, it'll, it'll work out somehow. And yeah. like you said, you've got parental parental influences who are going, hey, actually, I want to see a job title. They need to, you're studying this, they need to see a job title. And that's, and then you've got your paradox right there. You have your family pressure and then you have your own, hey, I want to. and be an artist or i want to dance i want to play sport i want to do finance and like actually what does that mean did you face that have you faced that when you when you were thinking about university
2: yeah i face face it in a little way so my dad's an accountant and my mum's a teacher um so early on she knew i probably had the um character to be a teacher when i didn't even know myself um so from early on, they both really encouraged their own aspects, their own um, career pathways. And I think as a child, and I was young, I came to uni 17. I didn't, I didn't turn 18 till April the year I was at uni. So I was one of those young ones in, um, going to university in your age group. And I, I was one of those kids who did have the parental like opinions about accountancy and um, teaching. But it was hard to say, like, I just need to find it on my own and mums definitely had the i told you so moment with teaching come back around now but it took me to find it myself for me to know that that's what i wanted to do um but definitely when you go to uni like i i am one to um agree for going with what you like to do and what you love to do because something like when i first started university i did the house side papers as well because pe required you to do those papers and i yeah. think for me the passion and my grades picked up in year two onwards because that's when I could choose the papers I like to do and I think a big part of education and um, success is finding the things you like to do because you're not going to study well when you're not enjoying what you're doing and it took me a couple years to get to that stage when you could start choosing the papers you really like to do but you you do need that interest and I'm grateful for yeah, talking to my parents to say, this is really what I want to do at this moment in time. It could change in the future, but right now, this is what I want to do. And it did take a few meetings with you um, outside of outside of our career expos and things like that, but we did get there in the end, and here I am eight years later.
0: <laughs> Crazy, What about you, Tony? Did your parents or have your has your family? had a pressure to say hey there's no there's no title at the end and the reason i'm also going to ask you is is another context in terms of in terms of the maori world as well you know um we know that maori don't really come to university for whatever barriers and sometimes you know in the conversations i have is that i can't see the end why is my son or my daughter doing a ba there's no job title there i know you're not doing a ba but was that was that part of the whole conversation with your family as well on your final
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, For the parental pressure, I don't think it was as big as some of my friends. And I think that the reason behind that was like I'm first in the family to come to university. So I had a lot of peers who, you know, had parents who were teachers or doctors or lawyers or whatever it is. And so they'd gone to uni, they'd have that experience. And so they kind of wanted their children to do the same kinds of things. Whereas I didn't have so much pressure, but I did have the pressure in terms of, you know, my parents still ask me now, you know, like, what's at the end of an exercise and sports science degree, what job title does that get you? You know, the thing is, I don't really know. And the thing is, like, the knowledge keeps expanding. You know, when you come in first year, you kind of touch on everything briefly, but you don't really know where this is leading to. And then second year, as you say, you know, you can narrow down your options and then you see job descriptions start coming along. But as you say, you know, it's all about what you're interested in and you're not going to be interested in everything. And that's absolutely fine. You know, you can't be interested in every paper you take, it's something you have to learn. And, you know, even in your job, you're not going to be interested in every part of the job. Right. So mm-hmm. it's finding that balance. And then from a Maldi worldview, um, again, it was probably more support than pressure. Um, there's definitely pressures in terms of, you know, you think there's pressure about succeeding and especially because there's so little Maldi. Yeah,
0: and that's really insightful. You know, I think there's, there's a, because I think we all live in we all live in a world where we have our own pressure. We have our family pressure, then we have society pressure, right? And then you go, which one do we actually succumb to? And, you know, lots of people succumb to society pressure or they succumb to family pressure. And then very, very rare do people actually think about what they want to do. Jenna was one who did it, which is great. So fantastic, and I guess you taught everyone as well, um, which is why you're here. You know, because because most of the time you don't see that people people do what others tell them to do, and it's not their fault because you don't know what you don't know, right? It's it's a crazy it's a crazy world out there, and sometimes being in your comfort zone at that point in time, especially when you're 17 or 18, is is really is really what you need to be doing. Mm-hmm. Talking about comfort zones, Jenna, I want to talk about something a little bit different now. I want to talk about your your well-being journey as you were at university. You know, what has that been like for you? You know, um, well-being is is out there you know we talk about well-being and not just not just physical well-being but also your your mental well-being and how's that been for you it's been a journey, right?
2: yeah it's definitely a journey i think when i was at that point in um my undergrad getting to the completion you're thinking like what now and so you had a lot going on up there because again like parents all those influences saying um christmas after christmas what are you going to do after university um and that's That's always going to put pressure on you in some way or form, whether it is your well-being, your mental health, your physical health, all that sort of stuff is impacted by those regular questions that become very repeated over and over again by different people. Um, So you do go through phases of like, what am I doing? Are they right? Like, have I chosen the wrong thing? You do sort of counteract yourself and double think whether you've done the right thing. Um, but you've just got to back yourself you've you've just got to know you chose that for a reason and you've got to back yourself as soon as that decision's made that at that given time and at that given point of time that was the right decision to make and I guess that's sort of what I live off now like if I make a decision in the moment at that time I made it that was the right decision even if you reflect upon it later on down the track like in teaching obviously you come across a lot of things that you have to um reflect upon and change in the future for the benefit of the kids um but at that given time and moment you thought that with all your heart that that was the right decision then I would always back that but um yeah well-being um this year has been busy the master of teaching and learning is a lot it's a um, full-time intense program they um they do say sometimes they think it's um It's not ethical because of how much work they give us, Um, but it's it's a busy course. And I think you've got to make sure you've got that support outside the program. Um, And I think that goes for undergrad as well, knowing that it's not just you and making sure that you don't just sit at a computer and study on your own, making sure that you have that social connections outside to keep you sane. Um, I'm grateful for my work. Um, I can come to work and just switch off the uni side of my brain and just focus on my work family here. And then the same as going home, you check out from both of them. You just need that space. And for me, I have football as well, so that's another space I can check out of everything. So, uh, for me, if I have anything going on with my well being, it's making sure I have physical activity somewhere to keep me sane.
1: <laughs> but yeah,
2: making sure you have support elsewhere is definitely important.
0: And it's pretty crazy. It's, it's like come come full circle. You know, at the side of this podcast, Tony spoke about about taking a break, mm. and it's pretty. It's pretty. It's pretty cool to see that in the real world, in the real living world. I mean, you're both real living. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> you know, and you go right, you should escape from university. But when I come to my work, I then escape from my work, and I just turn everything off, and I go and play football. And that's you know, that's that's important for all aspects of life. What about so you spoke? You spoke about academic stuff. Let's talk about. Let's talk about you, leaving Wellington. That's your your support structure, yeah. family there, right? What is that like for you? And the reason I ask you this is because you and I know we had this conversation in, in nine years ago, where your mom... Was adamant that you shouldn't leave leave the nest, and you know that that's fine because lots of lots of parents feel that hey, you know, my young person shouldn't don't shouldn't go for whatever reason. How was that for you, and how has that been for you over over the last few years?
2: Yeah, I think um, leaving leaving the nest is a hard thing to do both for the parent and the and the child. I think for me, I knew I was a baby of the family, so there's even with that with parents you are that last child in the house my at the time I think my sister had moved out and my brother was in Palmerston North studying so I was physically that last child under that household so it's hard for both sides I think and like you say the support in Wellington I had everything that was my family extended family um, nephews cousins everything was there Um, it was a big move but it was something I think I came to decide that I'd spent 17 years of my life in that one place and i was ready to explore another chapter and it was scary i remember the first day arriving at Adena college and i was like oh my god like this is this is full-on um mum did come down with me um but yeah it's it's a big change and like anything like that but it's you've just got to know and almost risk it for the biscuit like it's it's a hard one to do but it's worth it once you once i was here for probably a month I, you you know what you've got and it's yeah. from there I grew my independence and that was the biggest thing biggest learning out of moving down here I wouldn't have got um, my independence want to learn how to cook properly like all your all your small things that you wouldn't have thought about how to pay bills like I wouldn't have got that if I stayed at home and so yeah. I'm well off now with the knowledge I've gotten from that move
0: yeah and I, and I guess you still you, you you found your 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 university family you found your tenino family. You have got your work family, your 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 teaching family as well,
2: yeah.
0: and then you you have a, a partner as well, which is great. But you yeah. still have your family. Your family at home are still there. Exactly. You know, they there, right? Yeah, so it, it, it's crazy. You know, when you go, when you leave, when you leave home, wherever you choose to go, you find these other groups that become your family.
2: A hundred percent. That's like me here. Like I, um, obviously, you leave your direct and your genetic family, but leaving here at the end of this year is going to be almost I don't think almost harder because I always know I've got my family at home you know like you always know you've got family but here I've created um my football club my my work family my uni friends just here is where I've become me and I think that's going to be very hard to leave like some of my best friends I'll have for life are from Dunedin and a great thing about Dunedin is that people come from different places so you're always going to have those contacts throughout the country now but yeah it's it's moving from family doesn't mean that you're not going to have family down here it's just in a different form like my friends and my family my work um workmates, I don't even call them workmates; they're just family yeah. like we're all so close and you create you can create those relationships in any place you go you've just got to trust your instinct that that you want to move and you everything else will follow you just in a yeah.
0: different form. And that's, that's pretty true. Tony what about yourself? What's been your, what's in, who's, in, who's, in, who's in your family? Let's the new family, because we know about mum and dad and sister as well.
1: My family here is probably still growing, um, and, and it's still, it's never final. I think that's the other thing you find. You yep. know, there's people who come and go. You know, there were people who I was really close with in the hall, and then this year going flatting. It's changed again Um, and as i get further into my degree i find more leaning towards the pe school because that's where a lot of my support comes from and where a lot of people are doing similar things to me so finding those people with similar interests but it's also good to have people who are doing things completely different because then you can you know as you say switch off and have something that you can just talk about you know your own experience but listen about other people's experiences you know, as you get to second and third year, you're always doing the same stuff as everybody else. So there's not really anything outside of the degree to talk about, you know. So it is good to have that balance of people you have, you know, that are doing your degree, but also other people that you know are older and have more experience and then younger as well. So try and, you know, get different perspectives because it's good to have your own perspectives, but it's also good to grow that perspective as you go through because, you know, the longer you're here, the more comfort you have, you know, like, first year, you're not very comfortable, but, you know, where I am now, I'm more comfortable in what I'm doing. I have a general idea of what's happening, and I'm, yeah, kind of settled in, if you get what I mean, so it's finding that balance, as we say, you know, with how you roll that throughout your university life.
0: Yeah, that's crazy, you know, it's, it's interesting that you raise that, because, you know, you, you say when you get to university, and actually this is this relates to Jenna as well, you know, when you come to university, whichever university go to, I remember my, my time, I got there, I was like, oh, this is pretty scary. And the first year, I was like, this is great. I didn't want to leave where I was, you know, same same thing for you. Start, I started, mean, I don't know, oh, this is great. Oh, life is going to change. It's quite scary. And then you go flooding and you're like, oh, damn, what's <laughs> going on here? I've got to pay these bills. I've got to cook. I've got to clean. You might have a few scobbles with your flatmates and you go, okay. And then at the end of the year, you go, oh, this is actually quite cool, but then you've got to find new flats. And, you know, but at the same time, at the same time, your study is also changing at the same time. You know, the way I describe university is in first year, you think you know what you want to do. In second year, you have a bit of an idea of what you want to do. And in third year, you go, right, cool. I finally have an idea of what I don't want to do. Mm. Not what I want to do, but what I don't want to do, right? So it's it's pretty crazy how, how that happens. Jenna, you've, you've alluded a few times to your workplace, and I and I really would like to talk about that because I think you're working in a pretty awesome space. Do you want to tell tell our listeners the space that you're working in and how uplifting it is for you as well, for the people that you work with?
2: Yeah, I um, I work in the VA'a, so VA'a of Tautai, it's the I work specifically in the Pursue space, so that's um, the space for Pacific students who are entering health programs. So we provide support from Health Science first year all the way up to their final year of their professional health program. Um, so whether that be dentistry, physio, pharmacy, medicine, radiation therapy, oral health, all of those, um, there's a few more as well, but um, we just provide support to them from Health Science first year all the way up to yeah, their final year of study. And it's a it's a really unique space. Like I the first day I came here, I'm pretty sure the interview I had I told them it felt like a warm hug and the space is like that. The space here for Pacific student is so supportive. I know not even just for health sciences, but for across the whole university, the Pacific spaces that the university have grown across these last couple of years are phenomenal. And the support that we have out there for Pacific students to come to university and have that support is there. And even that sound, we have the um, Poor Foundation program and that's for the kids that the students that are coming that need a bit more support before they enter health sites. So we have the whole range of support, yeah. here and it's it's really really uplifting every day. You see them; they're grateful. It's it's that warm hug every time you walk in this space. And know, that's what the kids get as well. That's what they get when they walk in here.
0: What a, what a great thing to have a warm hug, which is socially just in the covered world. Isn't that great? <laughs> yeah. <can> hug it. <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm still
0: so yeah. sick, guys. Don't worry about it. <laughs> awesome. Um. It's, pretty, it's a pretty special space. You know, like you said, you have first years, two people in their sixth year finishing their program. What what, what do you reckon? So we're going to ask you two questions here. What are the What are the positive trends that you see just across the board with these young people as they go through their journey from yeah. the start to the end?
2: Um, the biggest thing is their confidence. Their confidence yeah. grows from the first day you meet them, they're the shy first-year students, and to when they into when, when we get when they do their admissions process and things like that, when they start to get into and apply for those health professional programs, you then get the nervous the nervous students coming out and then it's full circle when they get those acceptance letters and that's the that's where their confidence begins to grow and they know that they can back themselves now. And yeah. I think health science first year for them is a big learning curve and a lot of them are stressed like all students are in health sciences. Mm-hmm. They are so stressed they're concerned about the competitive nature of the course to get into those programs and seeing their confidence in themselves grow across the years that we because we support them like you say all the way through so we see them all the time coming in for tutorials coming in for just conversations though the people love to talk love to eat with food and talk. so we uh we are always around and we have conversations here and students like I'm really close with um Williams she's a second year med student this year and I'm I've been studying and work a lot after hours and she's always here and she's you see just the confidence in them grow and they're so passionate about what they're doing and that's what I have in my own education and seeing the students also get that when they enter those programs is very rewarding seeing that you've had that little part in that journey for them to get there.
0: That's really, that's really cool. It's, I mean, confidence is great. I remember when I was when I was teaching and working in that space as well, you know, the two of you, when I first met the two of you, you, you were pretty shy. You were like, oh, look at this university person. Uh, you know, I, I remember those conversations and look at you both now, you know, you grow up, you know, you grow up because you go, actually, wait a minute, No, I'm taking ownership of this space here. And I remember when I was working at, at, a, at, a, at a college and when I was teaching, I would see the same thing, you know, in day one, everyone is shy and afraid and, and Actually, not everybody. There's some that are just out there, that, mm. and that's just their nature, right? This is this is who they are. This is what they are. But the majority are pretty shy. All well, the ones that are out there are just faking it because they don't. They're actually pretty shy. But then at the end of the year, the confidence has changed. Even though they were loud and proud, they've changed. Their confidence has now changed because they don't have to be loud and proud. They can just be quiet or mm. a little bit quieter and just you know get 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 along with it. But you know, we spoke about some positive stuff. But life is not hunky-dory. We know life is not hunky-dory. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like you to talk about some of, some of the harder things that you have seen through these cohorts that you see as a trend.
2: Yeah, it's you do like obviously university comes with failure sometimes, and um, you obviously see across the time students not getting into the program that they wanted to get into, and I guess it comes also and in influence their parental again the parental influence like they want their first child coming into university to be a doctor and when they don't achieve that you get the upset and it's not always your perfect pipeline drive you know like it's not always going to be health sciences and then straight into um, a professional program like Seraphine I was talking about before she's she came through the alternative route which is when you come yeah. through in a different pathway to house life first year um, so there's so many different pathways that you need to reassure Them that it's not the end of the road. Even though yes, you didn't make it because of that one grade that you got. It's okay. It's okay. You can find something in the meantime that will help you get to something similar. Or if not, you'll find something that you ended up wanting to do, but you just didn't know because you were so tunnel visioned at the one thing. And I think that's a great thing, especially with um, the health professional programs, is if you don't get med and you choose the I don't really know the admissions process but you can choose options to be open to all of them I think or something around that and um that shows them that although they didn't get medicine dentistry wants them and yeah. it shows them actually like dentistry thinks that you're suited to dentistry and it gives them another way of thinking it's oh. not just that tunnel vision yeah um but yeah you do get failure like people fail papers I felt I'm pretty sure I failed a paper in first semester of my first year at university, yeah. because I didn't know how to study. Like, there's so much, so much to play, but it's the way you act to come over that failure is what lifts you up. I think.
0: Yeah, and Tanya, let's think about you. You know, um, you were obviously in a in a college last year, in a hall last year, and people were applying for for the programs, and some of them got in, some of them didn't get in. And Tanya, how how did, how did that feel? Because you were watching from the outside, right? These are your friends or your peers. How did that feel for you when? Those that got in and those that didn't get in and they they told you.
1: Yeah, I think it was quite surprising, especially because there were some people who, you know, had such similar grades, but one would get in and one didn't get in. And Mm -hmm. you're kind of like, how does that work, you know? Because, you know, they strive so hard for these grades and have worked hard all year like we all have. But, you know, having that failure is so hard to watch when you see it from the outside and you see how much work they put in. And it's also hard when you're seeing how good their grades are You know, you can't think of a logical reason why they aren't getting in. You know, if their average is above A plus and they're not getting in, you know, I I feel for myself, you know, if our degree was the similar situation, I'd be heartbroken that I'm getting these amazing grades, but I'm still not good enough. And I think that's, it's all that perception, you know, the way you look at it is, you know, it does suck, but there's also all these other things that you can achieve. And it's just an amazing accomplishment to get through house life. But I think it's also, you know, we romanticize this idea of going through house I and then straight into your professional program because, you know, you've done it. You've done it in one go. But it doesn't really matter which way you go as long as you get to your end goal. You know, you can change your mind. You can do different things that you never thought you were going to do. But if you're still going to get at the end outcome, it doesn't matter how long it's going to take you. And sometimes from what I've heard, you know, people who didn't, go in straight from house side, actually have a lot better understanding once they get into that medicine degree or whatever degree you know, within the health professional programs. They have a better understanding of what's happening. They have those underlying study skills that they've had for three years. And so there are some positives of that long-term detour to get to where you want to get.
0: Yeah, and I guess, again, we're gonna use another cliche, it's not about the destination, it's about the ride, right? It's about, about the ride. We love cliches. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, and that's important, you know, I mean, it's, I mean, all of us, I, I mean, Jenna's a, an ideal story right here, you know, she, you did exercise sports science, now you're becoming a teacher. Tana, you're taking a journey, you have no idea what you're going to end, end up doing. I mean, I'm on my journey, I mean, if I, I, my first degree was in computer science, if someone said to me i will be doing this, I'd be like, <laughs> I don't talk to people, I just sit in my room and I just play on the computer. So it's crazy how that happens, right? Um, no, I don't do that, I promise you I don't do that. Um Yeah and um Gina, so are you excited for next year what's happening to you next year let's, let's tell our listeners what you're up to next year
2: yeah i um i recently went home to do the interviews so i prefer interviews in person than um on zoom <laughs> um so i went in person to do a few and um mangaraki school i went there and it just the way the interview went it was like a conversation it wasn't didn't feel like it was them against you like it although some other schools weren't like that either, but Mangareki, it felt, there was just this sense of belonging as soon as I stepped foot in that interview room. And when I left, I I just knew, I knew that if I didn't get this job, I was probably going to be very hurt and it would have been one of those failure moments that you've got to try and manage to get through. But I just had a feeling as soon as I stepped foot in the school that, and talked to um, Shane Robinson, who's the principal there, and his way of interacting and doing that interview was phenomenal. Like it was a conversation. We had humour. You could feel comfortable to have humour. Um, and it was, it was just a, a, one of the best interviews I've ever had just because how comfortable they made me feel in that space. And so next year, yeah, I got offered that job um, shortly, the week after they had an interview process for quite a while. Um, but I got offered a job at the school for years three and four Um, So I start there next year in January, which is very exciting. Um, I'm hopefully going to pop into Wellington, pop over to Wellington in December. Um, I'm up for a scholarship ceremony at Parliament. So I'm going to try and go see my school then and just meet the staff. So hopefully I can meet them before I come bright new next year. So fingers crossed I can go there. But yeah, full circle back to Wellington. (laughs)
0: That's pretty crazy. And, you know, I, I mean, this is going to be me just from an outside observer. You know, you said your interview when you started this job here, you felt like it was a warm hug. Mm. You said that when you went to interview at the school, it just felt like the right place. And I think what, what's, key to, what's key in this whole thing here, it's how you felt. Yeah. You know, a lot, a lot of times people, and I know this from my, from my experience, people want to work for a place just because it's their place. Yeah. But just as much as they're interviewing you, you're interviewing them. And I'm pretty sure that if you didn't feel the vibe there, you would be like, "Ah, oh. like you said well, ah, oh, it's okay if I don't get the shabby but this one, you're like, hey, this is this is my my place."
2: Yeah, one hundred percent. I had that at um one of the interviews. I I went to a few there. I had like five, and I said after a couple of them, I was actually like, I don't mind if I don't get that one. You know, like you could you got a little feeling that you thought actually I think I'm. And after the mangadaki one, I knew that that was the feeling I'd been hoping to feel I'm definitely a feel person as well like I need to see the school and I need to get that feeling of belonging before I wholeheartedly commit and um yeah it's definitely that that feel and you you have that feeling it's the same as what I had here when I got my job at the uni with um pursue it's definitely the feel factor that once you've got it you've it it just ticks the boxes I think
0: yeah I guess I'm going to touch on you, Tane, um, about the feeling because I think this resonates with you in terms of actually coming to Otago. And I could be, I could be putting words in your mouth, but I'm guessing you felt that when you came to hands on Otago. Did you, did you get that feeling that hey, this is, this is, even though you weren't too sure where you wanted to go, did you have that feeling that hey, this might be the place for me?
1: Yeah, I definitely did. Like, obviously, I had nerves and a whole other range of emotions, but I left knowing, you know, like here was a purpose, here was a reason to, you know, go to a university. And this was a place where, you know, things can happen. And I think also, you know, when I looked at the other universities, it reminded me kind of like my high school where it's not necessarily the biggest university in New Zealand, but it's a place where you can still make a lot of difference. And that's what matters to me because I don't care that, you know, it's the biggest university and you make a difference because it can be a lot harder to make change in those big areas. So, it was a cool place where, you know, it was student-centered and you could have a say, and that's what I really enjoy about the university.
0: Yeah, and I guess, you know, by biggest university, we probably mean the, our friends up in Auckland and AUT because those are the biggest universities here. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, sometimes size, size doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> but, um, it's about the impact that you make. And like you said, you know, full circle, impact can be tiny, can be really tiny. Jenna, as you as you reflect back today, you know, I want you to think about yourself as a as a year 13 student and I want you to think about what you could tell yourself as a year 13 student about about where you are right now so Jenna year 13 and Jenna <laughs> masters now Yeah,
2: Jenna year 13 was probably a little bit immature but yeah, um, I'm okay. Jenna year 13 didn't know what life had in hold for her I think yeah. I had no idea with what career path I had but I think as 2021 Jenna needs to say to year 13 Jenna is that it's okay to not know and I think yep. that goes out to a lot of um, students who are finishing year 13 and don't know is it's okay it's okay to not know things play out for a reason and I think when I was year 13 I was very worried that I didn't know and I did contradict yourself whether it's okay to not know and whether you needed a gap year um, yep. but you just need to back yourself and know that it is okay not to know and I'm um, Yeah, yeah. Thirteen, jenna would not be here thinking that she's a she's a teacher. Going into be a teacher next year, she wouldn't. There was not one point. If you told me eight years ago that I was going to be a teacher in twenty twenty two, I wouldn't have believed you. But that just yeah, just shows you that things happen for a reason. They do happen at the right time. But it's all different for people. So different timing.
0: Yeah. And what about what about if we forget about study? Let's forget about study for a second. Let's think about think about. Your life as a person, yeah. yeah. What 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 has that been like for you? You know, here thirteen, Jenna, immature, as you said. I didn't say because of words. Um, you know, as 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 a life experience, what has that been? What is what 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 are the life experiences that stand out for you? Whether good or bad, whether good or bad.
2: Yeah, that things aren't gonna always happen your way. I think is a big thing. Like you are always or go to plan. You said that at the very start. How you said um at the start of this podcast, how you said something about having a plan and not going to plan um that's very very true a lot of things in your day you'll have a plan set out and it doesn't go to plan um so in life you have a lot of those moments um when they come around and you actually have a great plan to do for one day and it doesn't go even in teaching now it doesn't go to plan some days but um yeah the confidence grows there's so much thing so much that happens across my last eight or nine years it is now um but yeah the confidence the the not knowing being okay the backing yourself just all that sort of stuff that you have doubts for that is okay you grow i've grown so much since since i met you uh, yeah. eight years ago as a person as well i've grown my independence i know what i want in life um i know where i want to be in life and that's i wouldn't have known that yet yeah yeah, 13 and nor should have I I think I don't think I needed that I I think it it would have freaked me out if I had that back then um so for me it's it's been the best timing it could have been and yeah things happen for people at their own rate some people know straight away like some people know they want to be a dentist some people know they want to be a doctor and that would have been the right time for them but I think students in year 13 and Jenna back then needed to know that my friends around me they wanted to be an architect and that was okay but I didn't know what I wanted to be and that was also okay.
0: and, and I guess and I guess if we, just, if we just live to nature there's seasons right there's seasons for yeah. everything yeah. it'll be crazy if you have winter in, in December and you know you have crazy plants growing yeah, here there's seasons for everything and I think that's just life really you know life, life is all about seasons you know um, Tana you 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 at the start of your at your of your journey at the moment. And in fact, everyone's at the start of the journey. You know, I'm in a different page st- 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 stage of my journey, but it's all about seasons, and you've got to keep growing. I guess you know you can't be stag- can't be stagnant because you know stagnation leads to nothing. Um, that- that's my opinion. I could be totally wrong. Tony, what about yourself? You know, um, I'm just going to take. I'm going to ask you for one highlight from this year. One highlight.
1: That's hard. That's difficult. know,
0: um, yeah, it's a difficult question.
1: Yeah. Um... Probably starting the hands-on scholarship has been my highlight to know that I'm going to be able to make an impact for another student who will be similar to what I had in terms of the aspirations of coming to university, but not having the financial support to do so. Um, And so being able to create that opportunity for one person and, you know, regardless of what happens from there, just showing them that that opportunity is possible. That's all that really matters to me is that we can show that, hey, this is a possibility for you. You know, you may not have the best grades or you may not think it's possible, but it actually is. And that's, you know, that was my biggest challenge in year 13, as it is for a lot of other students that, you know, you don't have that confidence at that age of, hey, I can go to university because it's kind of that final tier of education, right? It's that big, you know, big completion, big achievement um, of what you want to do. So that's definitely my highlight in terms of, you know, being able to help somebody who otherwise wouldn't have that opportunity.
0: Yeah, very, very cool. And we'll talk about that, I think, in the, in, in two podcasts,
1: I reckon. Mm.
0: Jenna, you can round off our podcast by what wise words do you live by, Jenna?
2: Yeah, no, I, I've i kind of got two. And the biggest one is living in the moment, like yeah. um, really taking in the stuff that's around you at that given time. When I'm in the classroom, I just take in what's in the classroom. Everything else is absent in that presence of time. But yeah, when you're going for a walk, take it in. If you're on a study break, take it in. If you're playing football, enjoy that moment because it's the moments that you have in life that really make your life complete, I think, and that's what you look back on. So really enjoying that given second in the time of your day to just think about you and how you're feeling in that moment of time is a big one for me. Um even though this year has been very stressful, and stress is at the top of your moments, but um,
0: you the moment. Try right? yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> the yeah. other one is that um, it's more my teaching one, but I live by being a um, lifelong learner, and I'm always going to learn every second of every day. My kids teach me things I don't know. Some days we're learning coding at the moment, and I never <laughs> knew one thing about coding back in my day. But yeah. you, I'm a lifelong learner, and that's something I live by. And you said at the start, um, you asked um, Tane about what he adds to his um, basket of knowledge this morning yeah. or today. And yeah. um, for me, I that's one of my whakataukis that I go by and it's fill your kete of knowledge. And for me at school, this year's filled my kete so much this year. And um, next year, it's just my stepping stone to share that with Mangadaki School but also continue to grow that with my Lifelong nature and career. My career is a career that you're going to continue to learn day in, day out.
0: What an awesome way to round off the, uh, the the podcast with hey, living in the moment and being a lifelong learner. I think that's something everyone that's listening to this can take away. And I know I can and I will probably do that as well. It's important to keep learning and important to live in the moment because I think a lot of the times we keep living on our devices, which takes away the moment around us um yeah so live in the moment thank you thanks for that that's, that's an awesome share thank you jenna for today um i'm sure our listeners out there will find this a really useful um podcast and also um tana myself and our listeners would like to wish you all the best for next year and i know that um, mangaraki school has got an awesome human being coming to them and um, those young people they are going to be are going to love it and we can't wait to see what you're going to be doing over the next three years You know, we're sharing you from the sides. (laughs) Thank you, Jenna. And listeners, thank you very much. Thank you for uh, listening to our episode again. Um, As always, please feel free to share this with your family, your friends. Give it a like. You know, this is the only way we can grow this. Um, There's no financial gain for myself or Tana. It's just we want to spread this knowledge because um, we know there's a lot of things that young people are questioning, other things that people like Jenna... Cam from last week, or Cam from Week Four, Abigail have spoken about over our podcast, and we hope we can just share that out there for free. Because hey, why not? Um, thank you very much for listening. We'll be back now next podcast.